Hello and welcome to the Mid-Off Cricket Podcast, episode 15. Mid-Off, because by midway through, you'll probably want to switch off. I'm your host, Ross. Let me introduce the team. A second-generation gloved artisan and our boy from the wrong side of the tracks come good. Welcome, David. Good morning, Ross. It's uh, lovely to be here in the concrete bows of the Mick Lewis studio. <laughs> sure we'll get some plenty of reverse swing. Uh, just give you a quick numbers update. There's uh, more people listening to us than six as Carlos Brathwaite hit in the last over of the WT25. <laughs> oh, big yeah, call. So the numbers are up there. Yeah. All right, good to hear you loud and clear, despite you being in the concrete bows of, um, <laughs> of, of the Mick Lewis um Studio. Uh, it's now <laughs> on to a man who would have said Dave Warner modelled his game on, and our man with his ear to the ground on all things local cricket and club politics. Welcome, Michael. Hello, gents. Hello, Mick. Hey, Mick. Hello, Michael. Australia's number one Nathan Lyon fan and our groundskeeping guru. Welcome, Alex. Hello, Ross. Hello, fellas. Yeah. Um, just a quick Nathan Lyon update. Um, he's back in the nets. Mitchell Stark gave him a beautiful hit in his bicep. Did you go and kiss it better for him? No, I wasn't there, unfortunately. But uh, apparently it didn't hurt much and he wants it more. Oh, oh okay. Happy days. Yeah, mm. loves getting one in the um, mm. bicep. Loves the pain. Yeah. Uh, really. <laughs> okay, and is that to do with his bedroom antics or cricket? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that was a really flat start. I could sneak in under the door. <laughs> uh, also, a little bit of a mix-up. Change up with uh, my segment, everyone. I'll be offering fun facts on all the little segments, as well as a shortened um, groundskeeping corner light, I'm calling it. Mm. Oh, okay. Today today we come to you from Twin Studios, just to cut you off, Alex. I'm in the Alex Doolan Studios, (laughs) and the rest of the crew are in the Mick Lewis Studios. This is a Big Lug production brought to you by our ever-growing list of sponsors. The Gold Medal Soft Drink Company, Dick Smith, <laughs> Masters, Pizza Haven, Barnacle Bills, Ollie's Trolley, Bilo, Franklin Supermarkets, Tucker Bag, Pocket Mail, hey, Pocket Mail me, Copper Art, Laserdisc, Flash Drives, and all our podcasts are recorded onto Betamax. Um, Ross, yes. first fun fact for the day, mm-hmm. um, Kevin Mitchell with Judy's famous Grand Ski instructional video was recorded on Betamax. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very good. Yes. Um, I also noticed just last night um, something that reminded of, hey, pocket mail me. Yeah. Um, during the West Coast Fremantle football game, there are lots of those signs saying messages on hold. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the yeah. same sort of technology, isn't it? Yeah. Are they still around, messages oh, on hold? I don't know. Anyway, uh, local cricket, over to you, Mick. Alrighty, yes. Yeah. So we don't have much in the terms of local cricket because all the grand finals and such are uh, all over. But as um, at this time of year, we head into uh, presentation night season. So some comps and leagues and that have already had theirs. Some clubs have already had those. To those that have already had them, congratulations to everyone who took home a trophy. Hopefully all these big fish who decided to go play in the third, so they got something to take home from it. <laughs> um, so good luck, to that. good luck to them. And to those boys who haven't had yours yet, uh, hopefully uh, you get to take home a little gold man as well. So congratulations or good luck to everyone involved in presentation night. And that's all i got, Ross Cody, because there's no local cricket going on. Oh, thank you, Mick. Very good. We move quickly now on to Premier Cricket. And uh, just after our po- last podcast was the Premier Cricket final at the Junction Oval. Fitzroy Doncaster played Ringwood. Ringwood batted first, all out 96. Fitzroy Doncaster made 435 thanks to Jeez. their skipper Peter Dixon making 226. Oh, nice. 
Well, it was a little bit unusual, though, because he had to retire hurt. He got uh, hit in the head with a ball. Got badged, yeah. Wasn't that mm. his first Premier 100 in, like, two seasons or something? Oh, really? No, it might have been. Jeez. Not a bad time to do it. No. The granny peel off a double. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Then um, Ringwood uh, were batting uh, late on day two, and they had to face, I think, two overs, and they on the very last ball of the day, they lost a wicket. <laughs> but they still came back for day three. And they batted for the first session and then conceded. So, yeah. uh, I find Premier Cricket a little bit weird with their conceding in that. Like, why yeah. did they come back the next day? They were one for none, and Fitzroy Doncaster made 435 and Ringwood made 100. What are you going to do well, on day my three? Theory, my theory is if you're going to give the team the win, don't yeah. give it to them on the second day so they can just go and get on the piss. Yeah. yeah. Just go, no, sorry, boys, come back tomorrow, play a little bit, and then get on the piss again, then go to work tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah that's it. Make, make them use it in your leave day. Like, right. Take that as, little, as your little victory and get over it. So like, you've got to have an annual leave day. Yeah. Right now, but... yeah, to go back to your forklift driving. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not sure, though, if you're going to make them come back for two hours, why not make them play it right out to the bitter end? Why not go yeah, all the way I'd through the stumps? No, I reckon the two hours is a bit more of a pricks act. Because it's like, yeah. well, it's only two hours, but you could have said last night. Yeah, but, true. Nah, but we didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just stonewall up yeah. for the first two hours. Like, you're not even trying to yeah. get ahead of it. Yeah. Just stonewall up and then call it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fair enough. Now, um, uh, last on Friday night, there was the Jack Ryder medal evening presentation night for Victorian Premier Cricket. And the Jack Ryder medalist was Stephen Taylor of Northcote. Uh, oh, well done. Yeah. And the Una Paisley medal for women's uh, Premier Cricket was Jess Cameron from Peran. Uh, oh, right. Mm, who was playing for Australia uh, up until this year, but uh, stepped down from that. She's playing footy now, isn't she? Yes. She's got, yeah. she got like 10 goals or something. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah, sure they, 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 yeah. yeah. so a sport person. Yeah. Uh, the men's team of the season was uh, David King. Um, so he's done well. He's just given up the footy commentary and opening the yeah. battle for the team of the season. <laughs> Dan Satori, Simon Hill, Ben Fletcher, Tom Smythe, Steve Taylor in at six, Aaron Eyre, the keeper at seven and the captain, James Miller, our man Andrew Perrin, who um, did a bad job on his ankle in the final and couldn't bowl for most of it. Yeah, the pairs. Matthew yeah. Dorick, Jeremy Hart. He's a wrestler, isn't he? Yeah, the hit man. <laughs> and Will Wanker. I mean, Will Walker, sorry. <laughs> Shows good respect to good cricket. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the women's team of the season, Sarah Elliott, Jess Cameron, Meg Lanning, Hayley Jensen, Molly Strano, Erica Kershaw, Emma Kearney, Cassie Brock, Emily McIntyre, hey. Chelsea Mosscript, Kristen Beams and Emma Gallagher. So friend of the show, Cassie Brock's in there. Yeah, well done. Well deserved. Mm. And uh, one for you, Alex, the curators of the season. Oh, yeah? Yeah, in Did Premier Cricket. They went to Scott West of Footscray. <laughs> oh, no, Melbourne Cricket Club, sorry. And Matt yep. Baker of Geelong. Oh, Bakes, good bloke. Yeah. I went sorry. to Groundskeeping College with him. Great bloke. Sorry good to interrupt. Again, just, oh, Alex just asked if he won the award, <laughs> despite, despite the fact that he's not a groundskeeper. He just reports on groundskeeping. That's oh, like, that's like Damien Barrett trying to ask whether he won the Brownlow medal because he reports on football. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not going with the uh, ruse where I'm actually learning to do nah. that. Okay, nah. 
Yeah, that paint that painting one took a long time. Ago. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was still going. I must have missed the deadline. Have you got a fun fact? About I do it? have a fun fact. I should have said it earlier, which, which would have flowed on from the junction over. But do you know it was established on its present site in 1856, and a grandstand was built for it for seven thousand pounds in 1925. Mm. Mm. Oh, right. Wow. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, one that's um. Close to all our hearts, the Spirit of Cricket Award. Oh, yes. Oh, oh the Brendan McCullum Trophy. Yes. <laughs> it went to Napoleon's slash Sebastopol Cricket Club, which I yep. think would be in Ballarat. Yeah. And then it says, and Carlton. <laughs> <laughs> is, that like, is that like, did Carlton get it in the form of like a participation trophy? It's like, <laughs> we know you rocked up, so here you go. Um. I think it's because they didn't win anything. They felt bad, so they gave them a Spirit of Cricket Award. Uh, yeah. Brendan McCullum Perpetual Trophy. Yeah. 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 Liam Jones just got pipped for Team of the Year, so they gave him the <laughs> Brendan McCullum Trophy instead. <laughs> is it just a gilded care bear? Is that what it <laughs> yes, is? Yes, yes. <laughs> and it says, I've got a good heart on the front of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, the whole team get plush toys. It's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, interesting rumblings in uh, South Australian grade cricket. Um, West Torrens and Port Adelaide have been told to merge or disappear because currently mm. they have 13 teams and they've identified that they've got too many in the western part of Adelaide, the western suburbs, and they want to get it down to 12 so that there's no buys. And yeah. so the Sacker have come out and said, one of you go or merge or is going to withdraw funding from you. Yeah, mm. wow. Yep, and I hear those those teams have been around for centuries. Yes, they have. Yeah. Do you have a fun fact about West Torrens Cricket Club? Uh, I was born in Adelaide, not too far from West Torrens. Yeah, that's not a fun fact. <laughs> well, none of these are really. <laughs> <laughs> they're not facts, or they're not fun. <laughs> the only time we've ever spoken about it is podcast. podcast. <laughs> yeah, so it's an interesting one. Um, uh, Peter what do you George happen, one, one test. For, oh well, I think I think well, it's interesting. Um, Woodville Cricket Club is also in the uh, western suburbs of Adelaide, and back you know, I think in the late eighties or early nineties, Woodville and West Torrens football clubs merged in the Sandford to become Woodville West Torrens. Yes. Surprising, the cricket clubs did it. Not surprising, but the cricket clubs didn't, and yeah. now they're sort of facing the same issue. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yes, but uh, wait and see with that one. I think um, Tea Tree Gully are safe. They're not going to yeah. have to merge. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good yeah. news. So, this, so the talk of uh, Port Adelaide leaving the grade cricket in South Australia to go into the Sheffield Shields obviously died out then. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're the most successful grade cricket club in the land. Yeah, I believe they exist to win premierships. Yeah. <laughs> Change their playing strip though. Yeah. Ah, oh, yeah. yes, yes, because they wear white at the moment. Yeah. 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 So do all the other teams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Jump the flash. laughs> uh, also, um, had a little bit of a conversation with uh, a former district cricketer who's got some controversial opinions about Victorian Premier cricket. Nice. Yeah. And he says um, Kingston Hawthorne and Greenvale Kangaroo should both be cut. Right. Mm. Too many Not teams. Our boys. Yeah, he's saying there are too many teams, and um, he thinks Premier Cricket should be reduced to 10 teams. And would there be promotion of relegation? Uh, no, I, I don't Premier? know. Oh, okay. It's a good question. He also said that they should get rid of 4th 11 cricket. So it's rubbish. <laughs> mm. 
I also think he said anyone is a hard wicket duper doesn't deserve to have any respect as a cricketer either. That's what he told me. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. He told me that too. He yeah. told me that like a hundred times. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a bit of rumblings and uh, things going on in sub-district and the Victorian Turf Cricket Association, aren't there? Mm. Yeah, I heard there's a bit of um, I've the heard, doings are transpiring. Yeah, I've heard they might be scrapping the subbies mm-hmm. and uh, pushing them all out to local leagues, but that's unconfirmed. Unconfirmed. And I'm not naming my source on that one either. Okay, fair enough. That former district cricketer, I think he had some serious words about sub-district cricket as well. Oh, oh yeah, yes, he did, yes. Yeah. But he's definitely not the source. No, no, oh, no. My no, no. He wouldn't lower himself to sub-district talk. No. No, <laughs> no. District and above, and District 1s, uh, District 2s yeah. maybe, not the 3rds and 4ths. Yeah, yeah, yeah half but... the District 2s, if they're good players, he'll, he'll speak about them, but otherwise yeah. it's just... Yeah. And if you're District 4, you can't even look at his general direction if you play District 4. Don't be allowed in the club rooms when he's in the club. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. Oh, yes, so there's a comprehensive look at... The... Oh, there's a little, little other thing that came across my desk. Yeah. The Sydney grade finals. I mean, not content. The Sydney grade cricket starts in mid-September and runs yep. through it until the final was on the weekend just gone, April 2nd and 3rd. Jesus. They had three-day finals in first and second 11. Uh-huh. Two-day finals in third 11, fourth 11, and fifth 11. Jeez. How many 11s are there? Well, five. They have five. They have five, which, which to me sounds like a logistical nightmare because... Wouldn't it mean that every club would need to have three grounds? Yeah. Or they could maybe share a fifth 11 ground with another club because it would only get used every second yeah. week. Yeah. Tied away or whatever. There's still yeah. a lot of grade ground. That's a lot well, of Well, they clubs. do have the best grade cricket system because they have one of the best state, state systems. So they feed a lot of the no, good yeah. players yeah. in Australia are from New South Wales. So maybe it works. Yes. But imagine barbecue yeah. night. Five 11s in the club at selection. Oh, line. mate. Imagine hey. trying to get a snag then. Yeah. Imagine 55 jippers running around trying to get a snag out of them. How many people be yelling out, give them a go? Yeah. There's probably oh, 500 oh. people in the room. They won't all be listening. Trying to get 55 blokes to pay their subs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the president would get up no, and say, the season goes so long. Yeah. <laughs> give them a go. That's why the season goes so long. Because it takes about 400 weeks to get the money out of these people. Fair enough. Um... <laughs> We move now to Alex's groundskeeping corner light. Right, so groundskeeping corner light will be. Uh, there's been a bit of a controversy about a wicket being burned. Guys, have you heard about it? I saw this. I did yeah, yeah. Some reported on it. The uh, Darwin, whatever Courier or whatever yeah. they've reported on it. Uh, you mean the Northern so, Territory Times, isn't it? Yeah. 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 The NTT. Yeah. I had the Herald Sun reported up to 11 pitches had been burned. Fixing <laughs> <laughs> a running theme. I will report that this is a cricket podcast, mate. So, uh, <laughs> moving on. So, I got alerted to this by your listener, um, Chris Bullock, friend of the show. He said, you've got to talk about this, and I will. So, more, we've, been, we've talked about cricket pitch controversy in the past, about people axing up the pitch and mm. stuff. So... Someone removed the covers overnight, big rain up there in Darwin, as is usual, storm come through, and no one knows who took the covers off the night before, but someone did. So this was the uh, Tracy Village Trojan home ground, they're called the Trojans, what a great nickname, 
So I don't know how they defeat people bringing a big horse and sleep overnight. Though. <laughs> Tro- <laughs> Tro- oh, good. Thanks, Ross. I was going to say that. Trojan drinks. Sympathy laugh he got. <laughs> the Big Blue Studios were flat as a tap when I started saying that joke. <clears throat> so um, let me find his name here. Jack Flynn, the curator of the Tracy Village Cricket Club. Or the TVCC. He's also the president of the cricket club. Got good facilities up there too, by the way, guys. Double-story pavilion, big glass outlook, beautiful nice. pitch. Yeah. So the overnight, someone take the covers off. Pitch was stuffed, absolutely ruined. Um, Jack Flynn's rocked up early in the morning, going, "Shit, I've got four hours to get this right. What do I do?" Coincidentally, he also runs the Facebook page, The Perfect Pitch. Oh, so, yeah. I've liked and followed very um, hard. Uh, so he runs that. So he he um, threw it out to the to the ether to the fraternity. Said, get this. Sorry, to the gallery. Just threw it out to the groundskeeping fraternity. Yep, and we all got together. Um, I posted on there. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so many things were suggested. Uh, what, you would have posted, Alex. You would have posted. I don't know what to do. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> Simpson at the um, at the controls. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, so he put it out. A few things come in. Um, hot coals on the pitch. Um, some people suggested kerosene, like they do in the West Indies. They'll pour a whole pile of kerosene on the pitch and burn the kerosene off. But Jack um, said, "Well, I don't want to use an oil-based thing." So we got a whole bunch of metho. So we tested it out at one end with 20 liters of metho. Set that on a small test sample, 20 litres. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a big pitch. Yeah, 20 litres isn't much. Thought, I thought, yeah, he would have gone, yeah. Just do a corner. Single right. digit yeah. arrangement. I think off. he would have done maybe around the pop increase or something yeah. like that. <laughs> not actually in the pitch. And he said it worked out okay uh, because metho burns all the alcohol off and leaves no residue. So then he poured another 40 over the whole pitch. <laughs> said a lot. Um, and he got it going. The pitch looked burnt, obviously. Yeah. Um, but Fancy it played, played true. Um, it was a T20 game that they were oh, playing. So it didn't matter anyway. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't real cricket. So yeah. he said, oh, I'm not going to do real groundskeeping. I'll just burn it. <laughs> 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 um, so the scores were Tracy Village Trojans uh, made 5 for 123, compulsory closed. And Nightcliff, who they were playing, made 8 for 106. So not too bad for a local T20 game. Maybe played a little bit more difficult than usual, but it come up all right. Um, so I think he's uh, got the local constabulary in to find out who took the covers off, yeah. and we don't have an answer on that, so it's a bit of a uh, mystery. So that's my uh, groundskeeping corner light. Oh, groundskeeping corner, yep. yep. Oh, I didn't have to use oh, the air horn. Very impressive. Mm. Oh, fantastic. First time in a while. Yeah. Mm. I, I like that light version, Ross. I think yeah. that was actually, he might have something in that. Yep. That was actually interesting. Yeah. yeah. First time for everyone. Uh, you said that a couple of weeks ago, come on. And you also say that every week. He's <laughs> got a whole stack of research here too, uh, Ross. I know you can't see it from oh. your uh, studio, but in the middle of the I put it up studio. on the Facebook page, guys. Yep. The amount of work I do for this podcast is unbelievable. The amount of Wikipedia that you look at for this podcast <laughs> oh, this is unbelievable. It's David, interesting. How's your scribbling this week, David? Good, mate? Just wrote down five words. Just ready to go. Yeah, happy days. It's interesting. I don't key. consider pushing control P work. But anyway. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, uh, we move now to state cricket, and the Shield final was played over Easter. Yes. Yep. Yes, the Vicks took, went over to South Australia and did a job on them. 
Yes. Mighty Glenelg yeah. Oval, 14,000 fans came through the gates in four days, 4,000 on the first day. So I'd say it was yeah. a success. Pretty yeah, good. Absolutely. Yeah. Hold it there every year. And it was uh, pretty enterprising cricket too, Ross. Mm, Got yes, a result. Australia went out and attacked. They... Um, they uh, lost wickets. They didn't stonewall. I was very surprised. I thought Mark Cosgrove was going to weigh anchor for a good couple of days, but um, mm-hmm. wasn't. Well, if anyone could weigh anchor, did not <laughs> yeah. Didn't even need an anchor. Just weighed. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bottom of the bow touching the uh, sea floor. Like <laughs> so the Australian made three forty. Um, the Vix. Uh, they made three ninety nine. Thanks to tons to Travis Dean and Peter Hanscom. Dan yeah. Worrell took six for 96 for South Australia. And their second inning, South Australia, 251. Um, and it was John Holland who took five for 76 for the Vicks. He's been yeah. um, very good at the last few games for Victoria. And okay, the Duke. And then um, the Vicks needed to get uh, 190-odd for victory, and they did it easily with half-centuries to Dean Stoinis, uh, the Stoincloth, and Hanscom. $2 story donation. I think when they talk about getting rid of the Shield final, Ross, um, mm. the supporters will point back to this game and say, uh, this is why we need a Shield final. Mm, yeah. I agree. Yep. The fact that the away team finally won one would yes. be, yeah. you know, yep. so one thing to point at. Yep. I think South Australia shot themselves in the foot by scoring too quickly on the first day. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And really opening the game up for Victoria yep. after they and lost. And no spinners. Yeah, yeah they didn't play a spinner. Yeah. Yep. yeah. I think that killed it. But as a pitch, um, was there 300 scored, 200s? Yeah, yeah. Three, two uh, two hundreds and a 96, yep. Mm. Yep, two fifers taken. Yeah. Yep. And a good. result. Yeah, and, and a result. result. So. Yeah, on day five. Yep. Mm. Good win for uh, Cricket Australia, I think. Yep, I agree. Yeah. They're very happy with that, the powers that... Mm. Absolutely, yeah. Mm. Now, I think we're going to touch on some controversy in the Shield final a little bit later. Okay, well, do you want my fun fact now, Ross? Yes, fun fact away. Okay, so the the game was held at the Oval, formerly Challenge Recruitment Oval, currently Gliderol Stadium. Glitterol, isn't it? Glitterol. Glitterol. I don't know, I prefer Gliderol. Gliderol, okay. Mm. Yep, and also another fun fact, it's actually located in Gliderol East, not Glenelg. Ah. Interesting. That's interesting to me. And it's quite a small ground, guys. Dimensions are 160 metres by 115 metres. How'd you get all those dimensions? Oh, with the Glenelg Oval website. Have you got a list of them? I do have a list of um, every international ground's dimensions. Just one thing, just before we say, just to give you a bit of a reference on how small Glenelg is, the MCG is 171 metres by 146. So it's quite a small ground, square. So you've got a list of all the ground's dimensions? I do, mate. Could I have Seddon Park in New Zealand? I don't have that Covered off that fun fact. Let's get back to something more interesting. Um, <laughs> we move on to all of the state presentation nights were on the same night. It was last Friday. Oh, where were we? Yeah. Okay. So here we've got a wrap of um, who Nepotism. did what. So we'll start with New South Wales. The Player of the Year, the Steve War Medal, Nick Maddinson. Mm. Oh, yeah. Shield Player of the Year was Trent Copeland. 
Oh. And the Maradol Barbecues One Day Cup set to sizzle player of the year was Mitch Stark. <laughs> Wait, hasn't that? Wasn't the Matador Cup in bloody October. July last year? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's a cricket season, David. It runs from <laughs> September to April. <laughs> yeah. So um, Trent, uh, Mitch Stark nearly won the Player of the Year, even though he only played the Matador and one Shield match. Jesus. Mm. <laughs> he did do well. The Sydney Thunder Player of the Year was a tie between Shane Watson and Usman Khawaja. Good. Yeah. yeah, I would have thought Usman probably could have got that outright, but yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah Watson would have taken And this sums yeah, up the Sydney Sixers. Their Player of the Year was Michael Lum. <laughs> Lummy. Yeah. What did and, he score? Oh, I don't know. A few runs. Yeah. Dropped, dropped an absolute soda. I remember that. Yeah, oh, I remember that. <laughs> That's all I remember about his season. They wore the worst Superman uh, oh, costume yeah. of all oh. Batman versus That's Superman. Yeah. Yeah. And the Belinda Clark medal for the New South Wales Women's Player of the Year went to Elise Perry. Yeah. No surprises there. Yeah. Yeah. Queensland. We move yep. now to the Player of the Year. What yeah. award did uh, the Flying Lasagna get, Ross? Oh, well, I'll get there in a moment. Okay. Okay. So you probably gathered by the um, first New South Wales Player of the Year. It's called the Steve War Medal. I'll have a little bit of a quiz now. What do you think the Queensland Player of the Year Medal is called? Ian Healy Medal. Yes. Wait a second. <laughs> no, it's the Ian Healy. <laughs> I was thinking Greg Ritchie, but no, it's Ian Healy Medal. The Fat Cat Medal. Oh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, so uh, Chris Hartley, he took his 500th, made his 500th dismissal. Yeah, right. uh, he won the Player of the Year. The Shield Player of the Year was their young opener, Matt Renshaw, who made 700 runs. Yeah. Yep. And the Matador Cup Player of the Year was the Forgotten Man, Nathan Reardon. Yep. Uh, and Brisbane Heat Player of the Year was Chris Lynn. No surprises there. Yeah. James Hopes is a bit stiff. Yeah. yeah. Stiff well, on all fronts. He got yeah. an award. Notable retirement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And the Queensland Women's Player of the Year was Beth Mooney, who opens now for Australia, I'm pretty sure. Uh Moving on to South Australia. Uh, The Neil Dancy medal. Right. Mm, Men's Player of the Year went to Joe Many for his 51 wickets. Uh, He's only the third South Australian uh, behind Sean Tate and Joel Garner to register 50 dismissals in a season. Yes. Mm-hmm. He had uh, many rivers to cross, I think. Task player. Many mountains to climb. <laughs> to get that one was all right. Sorry from Ross. We lost the connection. <laughs> the Shield Player of the Year was also Joe Many. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's surprising. Yeah, the Matador Cup uh, one day, Matador Barbecue's one day cup set to sizzle Player of the Year was Kane Richardson. <laughs> Forgotten Man. Oh, the hipster. Yeah, the hipster. He also, um, apparently, he got, uh, it was a single origin trophy that he won. Mm. <laughs> fair trade? Yep. Oh, fair trade. Oh, it was organic, yeah. <laughs> it was handpicked by non-union labour, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the women's, South Australia Women's Player of the Year, the Andrea McCauley Trophy, went to Sarah Taylor. Yep. Okay. Yep. No surprises. Now, one that'll warm your spinner's heart, Alex, the Adelaide mm-hmm. Strikers Player of the Year. Yes. Adul Rashid. Ah, the I. Is easy to hate Adul Rashid. Yes. It's easy to hate. He's yes. just a very 
guy on the field. He never really did anything. He's he just played quite well. Yeah, but he's just so angry. It's like, relax, mate. You're playing international cricket. It's what you, you dreamed of this. I'd be angry so too angry. if I couldn't bat or bowl fast and I had to bowl spin. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that uh, what you currently do? Is that why you're so angry? Can no, I can bat it on. Okay. Yeah. Just saying, I can bat it on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, really. yeah. yeah I'm all right. <laughs> we move now to Tasmania. And who? What do you? Who do you think the Player of the Year medal is named after? George Bailey. Bailey. Dennis Lilly. George Bailey. Dennis Lilly. <laughs> after that one season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if they got that. Like everyone else is too. Mate, Paul Savage could be in the Hawthorne team of the century after about three years. That medal could be named after Dennis Lilly. Is it Van Diemen's medal? No, it's after a famous player. It's Greg Campbell medal, of course. Yeah. Oh, Ryan Campbell's dead. No, no. It's the Ricky Ponting medal, would you believe? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh. Really? Who would have thought it? That's, That's a left field choice. Yeah. It's a bit insulting to David Boone, I think. Yeah. 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 Anyway, the uh, player of the year was Ben Dunk. Ah, yeah. Slam Dunk. Mm. Oh, Ben Slam Dunk. Oh, yep. himself. <laughs> <laughs> the Shield player of the year was Jackson Bird. Yep. Okay. Brother of... Uh, Half-brother of Sam Rainbird. That's it. Half-brother of Sam Rainbird, yep. The Matador Barbecue's one-day cup set to sizzle player of the year was Ben Dunk again. (laughs) And the Hobart Hurricanes player of the year? Kumar. No, he's very stiff. Dan Christian. I was surprised Kumar didn't get a mention there. Did he get notable retirement mention? Uh, Notable retirements. (laughs) Ben Hilfenhaus. And and Rana Navite. Luke Butterworth. One of the finest all-rounders Tasmania has ever produced. Your man. Yes. And the Women's Player of the Year was Veronica Pike. Hmm. We move now to Victoria. And the John Scholes Award. Scholesy. Yep. For the Men's Players Player. I don't know what that means. Anyway, Scott Boland, no surprises there. Maybe a player Uh, voted. Player voted one, yes. Um... The now the Victorian medal. Who do you think it's named after? Bill Laurie. Bill Laurie. Yes, it is Bill Laurie. Yep. Uh, so the Bill Laurie medal, medal went to Scott Boland <laughs> oh, for his shield season. Yep. The yeah, Matador yeah. Barbecues One Day Cup set to sizzle player of the year, John Holland. <laughs> J Hole. Yeah, yep. The uh, Renegades player Dwayne Bravo, old Dwayne Pipe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Stars player KP. Yeah, that's not yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And the <coughs> women's player of the year was Meg Lanning. No surprises there. Yeah. She won the Sharon Treadray. <coughs> and notable retirement, Clint McKay. Yeah, yeah of course. Yes. Mm. Our flags are at half mast here at the uh, Mick Lewis Studios. Mm. Curly mm. Mullet. Yeah, <laughs> the pirate. <laughs> <laughs> Bringing the pirate look back to cricket. Yeah. <laughs> With Cobra Cuts. Swatch buckling in Yeah, Jolly Rogers are at half mile. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to know what happened last night, no? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. Uh. All right. The um, <laughs> the men's player of the year in WA. Yep. Who do you think Is that was? Is that the made? Tom Booty medal? No, no, that was, would have been a good one. No? I actually think that one probably would be the DK Lily, wouldn't it? No, that's, it's the Laurie Saul. Brendan Julian. Oh. Oh, <laughs> Brendan it's not the Joe Angel medal. Joe Angel medal. Big Paul Wilson medal. 
No, and it was Cameron Bancroft. But yeah. the the um, the Perth Scorchers have a medal. Uh huh. The Brad Hogg medal. <laughs> no, it's not Brad Hogg. Close though. Who played there? Marcus North. No, it's not all close. Close, you're right, generation. Murray Goodman. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's close. He captained Ryan the Campbell. No, he captained the Scorchers. Oh, Simon Cadditch. Yes, the Simon Cadditch medal. Really? Yep. Yeah. Did he, did he he's never made a run for it? Yeah, no, he but he was captain. One and seven. Yeah. Oh, I'm going down the cup. I think, yeah, yeah. Like, I think there's a similar thing at GWS. They give the uh, number one runner for the season the Simon Cadditch medal. Well. <laughs> 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 That's just him. He adds it to himself. <laughs> so the, the Perth so, Scorchers Player of the Year, the Simon Cadditch medalist, was Jesus. David Willey. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Jeez, what a Maxi Klinger and Sean Marsh have to do. Yeah, I don't know. Well, Matador Barbecue's one-day cup set to sizzle Player of the Year was Sean Marsh. Yeah. yeah Who's that named after? Adam Gilchrist? Uh, no, it didn't, didn't have a medal. Oh, no, just the Matador Barbecue's... Yeah, no, disappointing. The um, Sheffield Shield Player of the Year, also no medal, was uh, Michael Hogan, who's retired. Hmm. Hogan. So that was good. 34-year-old fast bowler going to continue playing county cricket, I believe. And the Zoe Goss medal for Western Australia's best female cricketer went to Nicole Bolton. Mm, yeah, Bolton, mm. unsurprisingly. Mm. Yeah. A popular choice, a popular winner, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Now, something that's... Raising the height of my desk at the moment. <laughs> fixturing. It's got to be fixturing. <laughs> yes. The BBL fixture has already gone out to the franchises for feedback. Oh. Yeah. They're on it, Cricket Australia. They're on it. Yes. Anyway, as I push the desk back down, it's over to Matt for Inside Clubland. Here we go. Best All part right. of the show. So, um, yeah, so for Inside Clubland this week, once again, like nearly every other week, we have uh, some personalities of Clubland. So, uh, first off, we've got the chef. So, the bloke at the club who thinks the club's $150 barbecue from Bunnings is actually the set of Master Chef, <laughs> trying to convince the boys it's an art form to cook up some $5 steaks from Coles. Due to the fact he shares a body type with Matt Preston, the chef takes any chance he can to fill everyone in on his opinion of the club's latest spread. A little bland for my taste, despite the fact his signature disc is fairy bread. <laughs> <laughs> Also hard to say, fun yeah. fact. Signature dish. Uh, the chef will also take every opportunity to remind the blokes who cook the stags that they are tucking into, oh, you're, you're welcome, boys. It's not a problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> the unusual thing is for, is for something that's not a bother gets mentioned every time the chef tries to get out of doing some work. Mm. Oh, I can't square leg, fellas. I've got to put the snags on. <laughs> Doesn't seem like a relevant excuse at the 15 over mark. <laughs> He also loves to throw the sausage line out when he's losing an argument. Well, you give me shit now, but you don't complain when I cook the barbie. <laughs> <laughs> to the chef, I'll give you some advice. They're just fucking sausages. Pipe down and just cook them. <laughs> he's lost it. <laughs> what about the onions, though? <laughs> lost it. Alrighty, so from the chef, we move on to the pissed opposition supporter. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair to say that no journey through Clubland is complete until you get until you encounter the pissed opposition supporter. The POS will arrive at the game just in time to see the first wicket fall. 
and give your unlucky opener an expletive-filled send-off as he stomps off the change room. You fucking shit, and you've always been fucking shit. (laughs) (laughs) He's hardly fair, considering your batsman's playing his first game for the club. (laughs) The courage the POS has gained to sledge 11 blokes he's never met before comes from the six stubbies he can shoot on the car ride over with his 70-year-old mum. (laughs) As the POS carries his esky up the hill to sit under the tree behind the bowler's arm, he can be heard yelling, I've always hated these pricks. Which baffles you, because this is the first time you've played these guys since they switched comps two years ago. <laughs> the pissed opposition supported relentless all day, giving every bloke a send-off that would make Chopper re-blush. Unfortunately, not all your teammates take this treatment well, and your number five can be seen heading up the hill with that in hand to discuss his dismissal with the POS. Thankfully, cool prevailed before the... POS has a $400 cooker bar wrapped around his dome. <laughs> Once the day's play comes to an end, you learn that the POS parks under the tree because his own club got sick of his antics and refuses to serve him after he threw up on the pre- president's wife at last week's presentation. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so from there we move on to uh, the failed junior prodigy. Oh, One of Clubland's <laughs> other identities that is more common than you would think. The failed junior prodigy is usually a bloke who developed early and can be seen in the team photo looking like he's one of the assistant coaches. <laughs> taking, advantage of his, taking advantage of his clear size advantage, the FJP has collected enough rep shirts by his 17th birthday to do Cameron Smith proud. <laughs> the issue arises once the FJP turns 18, discovering beer, women, and disco biscuits. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Not only does the FJP choose to copy Chris Farley's life choices, but he also begins to resemble the late comedian as he balloons out to 130 kegs. The prodigy's hopes of claiming a baggy green begin to drop as quickly as his cholesterol rises. By his 25th birthday, any newcomers at the club just assume the skin-tight rep shirt the FJP wears to training he stole off someone else. The FJP also loves to tell a tale of his glory, glory years, given the chance whether given the chance uh, given the chance whether it's the tales of dismissing Michael Slater at Country Week <laughs> or hiding in a wardrobe whilst he watches Maxi Klinger give the young lady the best five minutes of her life in the words of Bruce Springsteen just talking back glory days by the time the FJP has hit 30 he's, he's, he has completed his fall from great by being appointed captain of the force that insult to injury, he proceeds to absolutely stink up the foot, <laughs> averaging 4.5 and taking home the club's duckle board. The FJP is the kid at school who thought he was cooler than the other side of the pillow, only to grow up to spend his days mopping the floors at the local supermarket. <laughs> Just sitting around talking about glory days. <laughs> and that is Inside Clubland. Uh, very good. Fun fact, guys. Um... <clears throat> Simon Cannage, you're talking about chefs. Simon Cannage was on MasterChef. Did you guys know that? No. Another fun fact about Simon Cannage, he has no sense of smell. Yeah, right. Yeah. One good, so one good thing about the um, the POS is when they get so drunk that they pass out out in the middle of the sun and they get sunburned yeah. to a crisp. Yeah. They, wake up, they get lobster. You can hear them audibly cracking just like <laughs> as they walk. That's the only good thing the POS has to offer. Oh, thank you, Mick. Another great uh, Inside Clubland. I think we can all relate to that. Mm. <laughs> we move now to women's cricket. 
and the Australian women's team uh, lost the final of the WWTT recently. Mm. Mm. They had a great escape against England in the semi-final. They made 132, and uh, England women were cruising at none for 67. Yep. They then imploded to be 7 for 117, and uh, then finished on 7 for 127, and Australia won by five runs. Yeah, panic was... set in like a bunch of pricks. Yeah. Yes. So they bet stoked. Yes, they did. <laughs> England stoked I'll it. I'll try a half volley again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And but in the final, Australia um, made 148 batting first, uh, half centuries to Elise Villani and Meg Lanning. Of course, Meg Lanning. Yep. And um, but it wasn't enough. The West Indies 149 for two, so they won quite comfortably. Yeah, smashed them. The ICC team of the tournament, Meg Lanning was in there at number three, and Megan Shutt was also in there. So, Should he? Yeah, it was a good effort Two of the um, two Australians making the ICC team of the tournament. It's uh, That's our quick wrap-up of women's cricket. It's over now to David for the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. What? One second, I've got a fun fact here, Ross. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the women's cricket final was held at Eden Gardens. It was. It is the second largest cricket stadium in the world behind the MCG. It has a capacity of 66,000 people. Didn't realise that. Massive. But it's That's true. bigger than the Gabba. Well, according to Eden Gardens, it's the second largest. So 60, I reckon you can get more than 50 at the Gabba. Nah, Gabba's 40-something, 50 years. Yeah. So Eden Gardens hold 66, but in true Indian cricket fashion, they'll get 100,000 in there. It's 166. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> and from the rafters. Yeah. Um, and the state, the state gets its name from where it's located, Eden Gardens, which is among the oldest parks in Kolkata. It was in 1841 and named after the Eden sisters of Lord Auckland, the Governor-General of India. So it's good mates with um, George yep. Bailey. No, what, what, what ends are at the uh, Eden Garden? Guys? Is this a fun fact or an essay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what, uh, what ends? I don't know. The, the Eden sisters' ends the and the, the, the Janowin end. end. No. Ross, you got to guess? Oh, I think it would be the Adam end and the Eve end, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> the High Court end and the Pavilion end. Mm, that's oh, yeah. Pavilion. Even though it's probably surrounded by pavilions now because the whole 66 years. Anyway, continue. Right, uh, Ross. Yes. Uh, so we've got good, bad, the ugly. So my good for this week is following on from the last segment is the women's cricketers' pay rise. Yes. So Cricket Australia have uh, almost doubled, in some cases, the retainer for female cricketers. Um, so both domestically and internationally. And the driver for that was a successfully run WBBL. Uh-huh. So they took that money out of the men's pool and put it into the women's. Men's players pool. Yeah. Extra cash. Yeah, so the, I think it was the um, Australian Cricketers Players Association. <clears throat> yeah. Broken the deal. <clears throat> yeah. So that's good times. Yeah. It's good, 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 good for the men too, because they would have had to vote on that. Yeah, good to see the yeah. men actually going, all right, we probably don't need $450 million a yeah. year. Yeah. We could probably break off half a million dollars and give it to the female yeah. cricketers. Yes, that's right. So the Southern Stars retainers went up from $49,000 a year to $65,000 a year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And the WBBL went from seven grand up to fifteen. I think yep. it's a bit of a pay. 
Yeah, so that's good. Yeah. And obviously that's because of how successful WBBL was last year. Probably yeah. both, obviously, anecdotally and commercially, I would say. Yeah. yeah Sorry, that was, um, that was a mistake. That was the maximum retainer. So let's go to the minimum retainers. So for the Southern Stars, it's gone up from 19000 to 40000 and the minimum retainers for the um, BBL has gone up from three grand to seven grand. Oh, okay. yeah. the max is fifteen. The it? maximum was fifteen. Yep. Ah, okay. And the same oh. that that sixty five thousand is the maximum retainer. Yep. For the yeah, cool. stars. Yep. Yep. Awesome. The, the bear, Mick Lewis and his new concrete uh, company. Yep. Um, probably a bit rough the concrete. Really needs to work out how to just get it nice and smooth. Yeah. Um, Mick, you know, you might be able to help him out there, obviously. Oh, I, heard, I heard red leather's really good for smoothing out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a sphere of red leather, yeah. just rub it back and forth, yeah. and it just smooths the concrete right away. Yeah. So, um, what, what was he thinking? Let's be honest. How dumb is he? It's yeah. the Sheffield Shield final. Someone is going to see you. Yeah. Yeah. I just love that there was an article that was on the Cricket Australia website that basically just said that, um, Oh, this happens all the time. He was just unlucky because it was the final and there was cameras everywhere. He's not unlucky. It's like, what the hell? Who's writing that? Who's the devil's advocate on Mick Lewis's side (laughs) in this argument? (laughs) (laughs) Say what a Bill Laurie ghost wrote. The Ugly, Ben Stokes last over. I think he's going to say Ben Stokes. (laughs) (laughs) Ugly in every sense of the word it was. Just uh, as a pure cricket Cricket spectacle. Yeah. Jill's hard to watch. Oh, just watching a brilliant man watch. implode. So good. Oh. I'm not a huge fan of Ben Stokes. No. Um, the reaction. Ugly. Marlon Samuels in the press conference. Oh, he shouldn't talk so much if he can't deal with the pressure, is basically what Marlon says. Is it really? Yep. Oh, I love it. Real magnanimous in, uh, in victory, Marlon. Marlon um, Samuels, though, uh, when England were playing tests against the West Indies in mm. the West Indies at about this time last year, and Ben Stokes got dismissed, and Marlon Samuels is standing on the roof here That's to walk right. back to the yeah. grandstand and stood there and saluted him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's much back. love lost there. Throw back to the old imperial times, I think, Ross. Uh, mm. yeah. Yep. yeah, so that's my good, bad, and ugly for, for this week. Uh, very good. Uh, talking about Marlon Samuels. He, um, he seemed to get in a bit of a spat with Shane Warne, too. Oh, if, yeah. it, if he did not have the press conference of the tournament, yeah. I'll jump off the roof. Because yeah, any, anyone he has a problem with, he took that five-minute press yeah. conference to just Start dig in and give him as much as he could. Yeah, it was, I, I particularly liked his line about warning about maybe he dislikes me because my face is real. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just on warning as well, Ross, do yep. you think Shane Warne's been given Ben Stokes' mum tips? <laughs> <laughs> Mitchell Johnson, maybe I don't know. Yeah, yeah like Mitchell Johnson. Johnson yep. <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to more of the World T Twenty in a moment, but it's now on to national team talk. Yes. So the uh, squad for the ODI Tri Series versus the Windies in South Africa, starting on June the third, uh, is is here. Um, some interesting names in the squad that are pretty predictable, but also some other interesting names. Travis Head. Mm, yeah. in. So he's now um, tracking pretty much in exactly the same line as Cameron White. <laughs> yeah. Shield captain bold? at a young age, not really backing it up with any figures, but then getting national selection in a format yeah. that's not suited to. Because Travis Head did bugger all in the um, Matador Barbecues one-day cup set to sizzle. Mm, and he's yeah. in the Australian <laughs> one-day team. 
Does he bowl leg spin that doesn't turn? No, he bowls off spin that doesn't turn. Oh, okay. Well, that's close enough. Mirror image. Yeah. Also in the Australian One Day squad, Nathan Lyon. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that is an interesting selection because they've been so against picking him in short-form cricket. Maybe they've worked out that he has the ability to bowl differently on a different situation. No. So it's not like he bowls a whole, he plays a whole bunch of one days and suddenly oh, I have to bowl flat for the rest of my life. Oh, so, speaking of spinners, Ross, yes. sorry to interrupt. Um, I saw a thing that the official Cricket Australia Instagram page or account put up on their page today about uh, uncontracted young guns, the next generation. Mm-hmm. And who do I see looking back at me? Ashton Agar. Oh. He does not have a state contract. Really? Oh, really? No, but, yeah. So he's on this next generation uncontracted state players, even though he's was been it, around. It years. wasn't his brother Wes, was it? No, nah, it was him. Mm. Wow. That's interesting, um, because the state contracts don't come out, I think, for another few weeks. So. Oh, okay. Well, maybe mm. they got early mail. Mm. Interesting. All right. Uh, Nathan Lyons in it. Adam Zampa is also in there. Yeah, that's yeah. a good selection. Good to see. Yeah. And Matthew Wade gets another go. Again. Mm. Oh, well, Neville was never going to play, was he? Surely. No, played him in T20, they might have taken him to that as well. Yeah. yeah. That was a strange one. If you're going to make a ridiculous fucking decision, just stand by it and take Neville everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> you can find it. He should never have gone to the T20. He didn't even play one BBL. <laughs> I know. I think he played one, but your point's valid. Yeah. Because he broke Zampa's face, didn't he? Wasn't it he the one that uh, got yeah, run out the ball yeah. off Zampa's face? Yeah. Anyway, we look now at the national contracted players. They've been The list has been released of 20. And just to put in perspective, the women's uh, contract getting upgraded from a minimum of 19 to a minimum of 40. Yeah. The minimum value of a Cricket Australia contract for the men for the 2016-17 season is $270,000. And if you don't get a contract, you can get an upgrade if you get enough points through playing uh, matches for Australia. And that minimum one, so it's actually the real minimum, is 230,000. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, just um, fun fact, Ross. You know how I mentioned uh, the Junction Oval grandstand was built for seven thousand pounds in nineteen twenty-five. I did a bit of analysis and worked out what seven thousand pounds back then is worth now. It's worth five hundred thirty thousand eight hundred dollars. So you can get two cricketers now, or you can build a grandstand at the Junction Oval. <laughs> Crazy. Yep. Yep. Players not selected in so the initial why group. Dead air after. I think we've actually lost Ross. <laughs> I, I actually nodded off there for a Roll second. Straight through so, it. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if you earn twelve points through the year, you can get upgraded to a contract. So to get twelve points, you get five points for a test match, two for yep. a one dayer, and one for a T twenty. So basically, okay. play three tests and you're up. Or play two tests and one one day, or two yes. tests and two T20s. Yeah, or one test and three one days. And, yeah. There's many, <laughs> many combinations. Or 12 T20s, yeah. <laughs> but Australia don't play many T20 years, internationals, so don't bank on getting 12 of them in to get yourself up. You're going to want to play some different forms. Okay, so um, the only surprise, I'd say, in that list of the contracted players, there was no spot for Matthew Wade. They just had Neville in there. Yeah. And Patrick Cummins. 
contract. He's getting a quarter of a million bucks a year for the last four years to do rehab. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, there you go. You think if he if they didn't have him, they could pay for five female players? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Mm. <laughs> or so, someone who's actually playing men's cricket. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Anyway, there you go. Uh, coming up for Australia, so that's June, June 3 to 26. They're in the West Indies playing the Windies and the Saffirs in a three-cornered hat uh, one-day series. <laughs> Tricorn, it's actually called, Ross. Sorry? Tricorn. Tricorn. Three-cornered hat. Oh, okay, excellent. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact, excellent, yep. Yeah. As worn by <laughs> um, Pirates. Yeah. Or there's, Buccaneers. There's the Tour to Sri Lanka. Coming up in July, August, and September, has three tests, five ODIs, and two T20s. The tour matches. I um, tweeted Cricket Australia about this, and they said the tour matches are to be confirmed. Yeah, uh, so not existed. <laughs> well, I'd say we just rock up on July 26 in Palakale, and we'll just have our first hit in Sri Lanka for five years, and that'll be that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, 10-minute warm-up in the nets just yep. to get a few, few full-toss throw-downs. Yeah, yeah. A few half-volleys, get Ben Stokes yeah. into net bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have two darts before you walk out the bat and you're ready to go. Yeah, Calm that's it. Kiss and then, yeah. <laughs> so um, the three tests are back-to-back in Palakale, Gaul and Colombo. And yeah. then there's the ODIs and T20s after that. So it should be an interesting tour. Looking forward to that. But uh, it's also, I think it's a rainy time in Sri Lanka, so I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a couple of these tests are rain-affected or even washed out. Did you mean the wet season, Ross, potentially? Yeah, yeah probably. What yeah, did I say? Rainy season? Not sure. yeah. I'm not sure rainy time is, is what we call it. <laughs> well, so what happens when you have a uh, young child and start talking with baby talk? <laughs> <laughs> a rainy day! <laughs> <laughs> That's your best fun fact yet, Alex. <laughs> that, that is his best work, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Ross. I appreciate it. Yeah. Just uh, pushing the desk back down now because it's uh, a bit of an early heads up on the next Australian summer coming up. Oh, yes, a bit of fixturing news. Mm. Mm. So the, um, the the word that's been leaked to the media is that the WACA is going to host the first test against Pakistan. Yes. It'll be a day test. Oh, no, 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 no. So the WACA is going to host the first test against South Africa. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then the second test is going to be at Belle Reve. Mm. And then the third test, a day-nighter at the Adelaide Oval. Yep. So we've got three tests against Pakistan and then three tests against Sorry, three tests against South Africa, then three tests against Pakistan. Pakistan's going to be Brisbane Day-Nighter, then oh. Melbourne, then Sydney. Boxing Day, New Year's Day. I thought they didn't want to play day-night stuff at Brisbane because of the seating colour was putting everyone off. Oh, and also, possibly. Cricket Australia backing back from there'll never be a test ever again at the WAC because the facilities are so poor. They're giving it the first one of the season. Yeah, yeah, well, they're building a new though. stadium yeah. in Perth. Yeah, but they... Yeah, anyway. But yeah, so this... bad, it's horrible, it's disgusting. We could never have a test there ever again. Oh, we'll have one this year, next year. Hey, Ross, mm. will this be one of the first times South Africa's played at um, Boot Park? Uh, first time ever, yep. Yeah, I think it's the first time someone in the top three of the ICC test rankings played at Boot Park. Mm. Yep. So this will be interesting to see the type of crowd they get because everyone complains about how they shouldn't have a test because they don't get any crowds. But now you're giving them an A-grade opposition. It'll be interesting to see who turns out for it. I might come and watch it. Let's do it. I think Mm. so. It's tempting. 
Yes, uh, so that's interesting. Yes, um, Ryan Harris was in, um, asked about the uh, day-night test at um, the Gabba and said, oh, it should never happen because oh, the ball will swing around too much. And then all of a sudden, oh, he's um, John, done a John Ralph and backed the truck up and changed his opinion completely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, of course he has. Yeah. Just going, oh, now that I'm a Cricket Australia employee again, oh, no, no, it's a great idea to have a test match at the Gabba day-night. See yeah. how good it was in Adelaide. Right, right, right. Yeah, mentioned carnival atmosphere. Mm. Yeah, yeah. But if you're so worried about the ball swinging, maybe we should just cancel our tours of England. Yeah. <laughs> Can't have that. Ball no. swings around too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's uh, six tests. It was meant to be seven, but something happened and um, didn't get seven. Don't know what exactly. Don't know whose fault it was. I've read conflicting reports. It was meant to be four between Australia and South Africa, but I think they couldn't quite fit them in or something. I don't know. I've read, read a few things about that, but Canberra didn't get a test. Probably would have got a test if there'd been seven. Yes. Well, that's our, our look at uh, the national team <laughs> and all their upcoming cricket uh, tournaments and events. We now look back. We go to special segment cricket rewind. Cricket rewind <laughs> quiz. Yep. You murdered that. Didn't yeah, you? I Good sure name. did. Yeah. Yeah. We look back at a ta- past tour, tournament, <laughs> or summer. And this, we're looking back at a famous tour. The 1997 tour of South Africa. Ah, oh, mm. Africa. Newlands Cricket Ground is in South Africa. Ah, oh, really? I don't think they played yeah. there. I might be wrong. Anyway. South Africans are in South Africa. Oh, Fun fact, Mick. Yeah. Yeah. Good, you're learning, mate. <laughs> Australia. I'll give you a little bit of background. Then we've got Come our uh, six multiple choice quiz questions for you. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yes, please. Okay. Australia headed to South Africa in February, March, 1997 after defeating the West Indies in the home summer in Australia, 3-2. to two. Australia won the Test Series against South Africa, 2-1. They won the first two Tests. And they won the seven-match ODI Series, four games to three. Oh, ring-a-ding-ding. Mm. The South African team featured Alan Donald, Gary Kirsten, Jacques Cullis, Paul Adams, Pat Simcox, Brian McMillan, Lance Klusner, Herschel Gibbs and Hansi Cronier. Uh. So is it legitimate then if Hansi Cronier is on the side? <laughs> I believe there's some leather jackets flying around afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> Mark Taylor skipped the Australian oh. team. Ian Healy was the vice captain. And uh, also in the team were the War Twins, Mark and Steve, Glenn McGrath and Shane Warne. But the, the okay. rest of the team was interesting. It was an interesting um, mix, this team. It was a bit of a team in transition outside those uh, key six players. Uh-huh. All right, so who was the fourth member of Australia's bowling attack in the Test Series? And I'll give you the options. A, Michael Kasprovich. B, Paul Rifle. C, Adam Dale. D, Stuart McGill. Or E, Michael Bevan. So feel free to discuss. You can ask me a few hints if you want. I reckon this is... This is the time when... I think Mark Taylor was in the worst form of all time, so they used to pick Michael Bevan yeah. as the extra bowler to bolster the batting just in case Mark Taylor failed again. <laughs> really? I'm pretty sure Jesus. this is the era of when that happened. So then, a terrible selection has yeah. gone on for a long time for Australian cricket. They went to England after this, maybe, I think, and Mark Taylor made 100 in the first test and got back in form. Uh-huh. But I'm pretty sure Michael <laughs> Bevan was the, was okay. the fourth bowler. I'll go with that. I'll defer. Yeah, that sounds fair. You seem like you know Tom Bevan. 
Michael Bevan? Ah, whatever, Michael Bevan. Yeah, Michael Bevan. Correct, David. Spot on. Good work, Ross. Yep. Uh, so, David. Absolutely correct. Taylor was in t- terrible form, but he was being uh, was really good at being captain, so they kept him on. And the bowling attack was Glenn McGrath, Shane Warne, Jason Gillespie, and Michael Bevan. <laughs> yeah. And Bevo batted at seven, Ian Healy at eight. Yep. Well, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Wally must have bowled a shitload of overs. Yeah, well, but, South Africa weren't actually um, that they they subsided in a couple of tests. So lucky they didn't go for a long time. But um, uh, yeah, they haven't got a five for a miss too, I think. Yeah, you, you think he might have? Yeah, uh, he yes. certainly got a he got a five for against the West Indies. Um, just oh, prior. was it? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, who batted at number three for Australia in this test series? Uh, was it A. Matthew Hayden, B. Matthew Elliott, C. Justin Langer? D, Ricky Ponting, or E, Michael Slater? Uh, I reckon it's Alfie. Yeah, I reckon it's Langer. You reckon? Langer batted three before Ricky Ponting did. Okay. Um, I reckon Elliot and Hayden opened, and what Langer batted three. Look at Taylor. Oh, sorry, yeah. That nah, Langer. Yeah, okay. I reckon it's Langer too. Uh, so I reckon Taylor and Elliot may have opened, and Hayden was the backup um, oh, opener. Okay. Yeah. And then Langer batted three, I reckon. Okay. Alright, so you're going with Justin Langer? Yeah. yeah. Yep, okay. Uh, the answer was B, Matthew Elliott. Oh, uh, we've lost you, Ross. Yes, uh, I'm here. Oh, yep, okay, yep. What was the answer? No, sorry, the answer was B, Matthew Elliott. Uh, oh, yeah. So, uh, Slater was dropped at the start of the Australian summer, and Elliott and Taylor... Opened against the West Indies, but then Elliot crashed into Mark Waugh in his second test. At uh, the we've end. lost you again, mate. Okay. Uh, the hamster wheels stopped working up at uh, Castlebay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there he is, back. Uh, I can hear cool. you guys. Yeah, that's yeah, sweet. Good. What's All the next good. question? Uh, sorry. So, um, Elliot and Taylor, Michael Slater was dropped at the start of the Australian summer, and Elliot and Taylor opened against the West Indies. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and then Elliot crashed into Mark War at the SCG in his second test. Yeah. yeah, so they brought in Hayden. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and then, um, I don't know, I think it might have been Langer who was dropped and Elliot came back in and batted three. Mm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yes, anyway. Uh, Australia won the first test against South Africa uh, at the Wanderers in Johannesburg and uh-huh. a, a pair of batsmen batted unbroken for a whole day. Oh, yeah. Who was it? Was it A, Michael Bevan and Ian Healy? Was it B, Greg Blewett and Steve Waugh? Was it C, Matthew Hayden and Mark Taylor? Was it D, Mark Waugh and Steve Waugh? Or was it E, Matthew Elliott and Mark Waugh? Well, it's not Mark Waugh and Steve Waugh because they would have run each other out before the day's over. It's, um, it's Greg Blewett and Steve Waugh. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yes. I'll go to the first to you again. Yeah, as done. You <laughs> yes, very good. Um, David, Greg Blewett and Steve Waugh. Greg Blewett made a double ton and Steve Waugh made a hundred and over 150. Yep. yep. Got it unbroken for a day. Smashed Jeez. South Africa. South Africa had to take the third new ball. Oh. Yeah. Yep. So a bit of salt <laughs> in the wound there. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The second test in Port Elizabeth was a real cliffhanger and Australia won it. Um, they chased down the total to win and the winning runs were hit by a batsman. They hit Hansi Cronier for six to win the test match. Yeah. 
So who hit Hansi Cronier for six, which were the winning runs in that test? Was it A, Shane Warne, B, Mark Waugh, C, Ian Healy, D, Michael Bevan, or E, Glenn McGrath? It wouldn't be Bevan because he would have nudged his single on that too. <laughs> well, he would have cut it light right down to the last ball. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Um, oh, I got pretty good knowledge of this series. Have you done research? No, no. no I just, I really, I enjoyed this series. I think it was Ian Healy. Well, I know it was Ian Healy. Yeah. Oh, David, on fire. Yes, it was yeah. Ian Healy. Straight over square leg it was. Yes, he yeah, flipped it over square leg. Because... Yep. Picked <laughs> it up, put it in the crowd. Mark Wall made a tough. Sorry, mate. I think it was one of those days where, like, hardly a boundary was hit. Oh, really? It was real edgy and real edgy. Then here, we just went out there and said, see you later. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, Mark Wall made a century and everyone else was struggling and they were edging towards the total. Mark Wall went out and they still needed about 25, 30 runs. And um, yeah, Ian Healy just hit uh, <laughs> out of the blue, out of nowhere. He hit Hansi Cronier over um, square leg for six. Yep, won the game. Seven awesome. down they were. Hmm. Australia won the seven-match ODI series, four games to three. How many captains did they use? One, two, three, four, or five? So was this back in the day, Ross, when the test captain was the one-day international captain? Yes, yes, it was. This was the transition period. It was a transition period, yes, but that did occur. Healy was vice-captain. Yeah. So if Taylor wasn't playing, I assume that Healy would have been captain. Mm. Healy also got suspended, I think, in this series. Yes, he did. Yep. So that'd be three. three Potentially, there was a third captain. Yeah. I think by the end of this series, Taylor was out of the side. I think it was yeah, just okay. a, a yeah. non-playing sort of member. Yeah. Um, what do you reckon? Three, three, go with three. Oh, yeah, yeah go with three. What do you reckon, Ross? Three. Yes, correct. Three. Yeah. So it was an interesting one. Mark Taylor started off as captain but then dropped himself after two matches. Ian Healy didn't play in the first couple of matches because he'd thrown his bat um, up the stairs or something or other in the third test. The way he um, wrote about it in his book was that the bat reached the club rooms before him. Uh, (laughs) That's the way he wrote about it. (laughs) Yes. So Adam Gilchrist played his first uh, not at his first, yep. but played one of his early one days for Australia. Uh, Faced right. Alan Donald without a helmet. Oh, <laughs> <yep>. <laughs> Jesus. And um, so then Taylor, when um, Ian Healy was available, Taylor then dropped himself, and Ian Healy was captain for the middle four games of the series. And then yep. um, Gilchrist was still playing as a batsman without the gloves, and then for some reason Ian Healy decided he didn't want to play in the seventh game, and Steve Waugh was captain. Nice. Right. Mm. So three got right on this one. Yeah, we've mm. missed one. Yeah, we missed one. The Elliot one. Yeah. Three. Okay, and now I've saved the hardest for last. Okay. S- question six: Which one of these was not an opening combination for Australia in the ODI series? Oh. <laughs> A. Mark Taylor and Michael Divenuto. B. Mark War and Greg Blewett. C. Mark War and Mark Taylor. D, Michael DiVenuto and Greg Blewett, or E, Mark Waugh and Matthew Hayden? The Hayden one. Yeah, I reckon Mark Waugh, Matthew Hayden as well, because I reckon DiVenuto was playing around that side. Yeah, Yeah, and he was in two of them, so there can't be one answer, so DiVenuto's dead. You reckon the Hados one? Good logic, Mick. Yeah, I'd say it's probably the Hados one, I reckon. E, 
Mark or Matthew Hayden. Oh, correct. Very yeah. good. Oh. Yes. So um, they, they tried every different combination under the sun, basically, yeah. But um, Haydos didn't get a look in. He wasn't in the one-day team. Mm. Yeah. Did that series, was it three all going into the last? No, last Australia lost the first one and then yeah. won the next two. They were 4-2 they they up, yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. yep. There was... Um, Oh, they won the series thanks to a Michael Bevan special. He made us a hundred, and they chased down two eighty odd. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We now. Hansi Cronje didn't bowl like an amazing amount of front foot no ball. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. Yeah. <laughs> Ross, was this the two other? In, was it Shane Warne played his hundredth test, or was that the next one to South Africa? Oh, I think the next one. I think oh, Warne yeah. would have only played fifty tests or so. Yeah. This time. Yeah, yeah. ninety seven. He would have had hundred tests. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's a wrap-up of uh, that tour of South Africa. Australia then went on to England for the Ashes and won that. And I don't know what South Africa did. Mm. Anyway, I think um, that was Michael Bevan's last test then in the 97 Ashes. Anyway, there we go. International cricket, the World T20. I believe the West Indies won. Did they? Yeah, mm. just. I had no idea. Yeah. I think they celebrated by taking their shirts off. Mm. Oh, right. Oh, dancing. Yeah. The, the, what's they it called? The celebration through... dance or something. Yeah, Dwayne Bryan. Yeah. They also are walking through airports with boot boxes dancing. <laughs> I saw as well, which is weird. True Caribbean style yeah. uh, party. Just coming out red of the stripe and smoking hooch. <laughs> uh, the interesting thing was that uh, the St. Lucia Cricket Ground is now called the Darren Sammy National Cricket Ground. Oh, thoroughly deserved too after the four runs he made in the tournament. Ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah. Also, uh, Ross, fun fact that it's previously known as Beausjour Stadium. Well, yes. The name changed, didn't it? Yeah, so now it's officially known as Darren Sammy National Cricket Stadium. stadium. <laughs> uh, its dimensions are 168 meters <laughs> by 147. <laughs> it's, uh, it's nearly as big as a G. Yeah. It's yeah. a pretty big ground. Did you have the dimensions of Seddon Park in New Zealand, mate? No, I don't, mate. I... Uh, asterisk. <laughs> uh, also, can we just go through the ends? Uh, what are the ends, guys? The Billion oh, End and the Cathedral. No, no the Johnson Charles End, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I think it might be the Darren Sammy right arm end, and the other one's the Darren Sammy left arm end. It's not the silly, but silly mode bend. Pavilion End, correct. And the other end is the really fantastically, boringly named. Media Centre yeah. End. The no. Chester Lee Street End. Yeah. Come up with that, like River End or... Yeah. Pond, if, there's yeah. a, if there's not a river end. No, I want to see Dig a moat and have the <laughs> The after it rains trickle end. Yeah. Or if you put a bell at the end, it could be called the bell. bell end. End. <laughs> <laughs> That's your well, funnest no, fact, yes. Yeah. podcast. Um, oh. Slats, I just want to um, quickly touch on a name you mentioned there. So where, so Darren, obviously the stadium's been named after yep. Darren Sammy, which we've all just had a chuckle at. Even more ridiculous is the fact that it's also been announced that one of the stands in the newly named Darren Sammy International whatever is going to be named the Johnson Charles End. <laughs> now, this is a bloke who made a handful of runs in the WT20, but has literally played about a dozen games for the West Indies is going to have a stand named after him. <laughs> he might be from that particular area. Somewhere in somewhere guy. in the West Indies, somewhere, Michael Holding is just punching walls, I reckon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
it's just insane. It's just craziness. Yeah, it's a bit over the top. Yeah. Well, talking it's about World T Twenty. Talking about Darren Sammy, I can see why he'd get a stadium named after him. Here's his his the six games that the West Indies played in the World T Twenty. Three of them he didn't bat and didn't bowl. Avoid any captain. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Against South Africa, he didn't bowl. And he made a golden duck bowled by Imran Tahir. <laughs> he's he is a bowler, um, Darren Sammy, is he not? Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, bowling all rounder. I think he, I think he's a uh, I think he's a fielding captaining all rounder. Yes. Just okay. fields and captains. Because well, he bowled three overs for the tournament. Jesus. <laughs> well, ju- judging on his uh, Hobart Hurricanes form, he's just a. Traffic cone, I mm. think. He just stands in the field somewhere. <laughs> no wonder they won the whole thing if he's only bowling three overs. Yeah, that's probably what helped. Yeah. And his total amount of... He got took one wicket. One for 17 off two overs against Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. He also made his most runs against Afghanistan. Six off ten balls. Yeah. Six off ten. So he's going to the fair clip. To <laughs> oh, the yeah. Mighty, the and, cricketing powerhouse for the Middle East, Afghanistan. Yeah. And then against England in the final, he made two off two balls and took none for 14. Off oh, yeah. oh, one over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good times. So, yeah. Hey, sorry. So, <laughs> Stinking Just, it up. And yeah. then over to Ben Stokes. Hey! Oh, yes, please. So his mum called a... Because he's a Kiwi, his mum called a Kiwi radio station to slam the host for criticising her sons, and they did the right thing and said, oh, no, you're not live to air, and put him live to air. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did they really? Yes. No, no, you're not on air, you're not on air. Oh. You're not on air, just let it go. Oh. <laughs> so they're getting into fear. Oh, yeah. yeah. They've been stood down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's the reality is, like, okay, that's not good form by them. But the, reality is, the reality is this whole Stokes situation, this whole leave Ben Stokes alone type <laughs> fucking bullshit the bike's a professional athlete yep. he gets paid yep. to do this yes. right so if someone like example like someone goes out and makes a movie and they're an actor and they make this horrible movie mm. critics around the world articles about how bad this movie is and how this yeah. bike can't act and all this stuff so why when he chokes on the biggest stage there is are we not allowed to judge him especially yeah. when you're the one who's done a lot of the mouthing off to be yeah yeah Exactly. I like it. If you if you want to be a professional athlete, this is what comes with it. It can't it can't all be pats on the backs and oh that's okay, mate. Worry about the next game. If you're gonna gob off and then stink it up, then you deserve to be kicked in the head as hard as you can. Imagine the next time I got hit for four sixes in the last over of a final yeah. and cost his. Imagine cost the blogs I'd write. Imagine what will happen to him. Deserves. Imagine the blogs you'd write. Thoroughly deserved. <laughs> Be all capital, the first blog ever to just be written in capital. Uh, but like you said before, it's nice to see Ben Stokes' mum's gone to the school of thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll make yes. it public. Yeah. yeah. Although, to be fair, Ben Stokes' mum probably didn't try and belt him. No. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. 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 The team of the tournament Jason Roy of England, Quinton de Kock. Wicketkeeper Virat Kohli is the captain. Joe Root, Josh Butler. Oh, sorry, Joss. Stupid name. Shane Watson, yes. Andre Russell, the love muscle. Mitch Santner from New Zealand. David Willey and Samuel Badri with Ashish Nair oh, yeah, of he played India. Right, Samuel Badri. Mm. Yeah. And the twelfth man was Mustafa Rahman from Bangladesh. 
And I um, started work on my Stinkers 11, but only got to two players who stunk it up so much that I couldn't go any further. So it was a tough choice of captain. I went for Darren Sammy in the end, but Owen Morgan <laughs> was hot on his heels with two ducks and a top score of 27 for the tournament. Um, Nathan Coulter-Nile was also in there. He uh, played in four matches. He took one wicket and went for plenty of runs. He oh, was... he would have Man, who'd have thought that a bloke just come back from rehabbing his shoulder didn't perform? Yeah. <clears throat> Pakistan weren't happy with their efforts at the World T20, so they went on their scorched, scorched earth policy of addressing that situation. They sacked the captain, they sacked the coach, they sacked the selection committee, and they've also decided that the special committee said that the lack of fitness of the players was a major issue in the poor performance of the team. Yep. PCB yeah. will henceforth make fitness standard achievements conditional in the players' contracts with fines to be imposed <laughs> on players not achieving the desired standards. And all I thought was, I bet Inzamam Al-Huck is glad he's retired. <laughs> <laughs> what? The Australian players are doing this in the 70s. Yes. Uh, yes. You knew that if you were the fitness team, you were likely to win. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. Word, the word is as well as that that's um, harpooned. Mark Cosgrove's uh, defecting to Pakistan. Because he just moved well. to Peshawar too, and he was yeah. ready to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I think he's, uh, he's on his way back now. Uh, it's, yes, you're right. It's it's uh, real 1970s stuff. It's about 40 years too late. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And uh, Pakistan's next uh, assignment is in England in the English summer. In order to prepare for the tough tour, and as recommended by the special committee, a boot camp is being planned in coordination with the Pakistan Emmy in Abbottabad. Cool. To make I'm the not players sure you can use hit. the word abadabad and boot camp in the same sentence without some sort of negative connotations, Ross. <laughs> oh, well, that's where the Pakistan army are. They're in Abadabad. Yep. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the uh, Pakistan Special Committee have also decided they're going to uh, employ a spokesman to the media and a team psychologist and a dietitian. Mm -hmm. mm. Wow. And they've also decided on some long-term measures. Uh, number one, one of those points was fitness and fielding. To reverse yeah. the backward state of poor fitness and fielding, a fitness and fielding schedule will be implemented that reaches out to all first-class teams throughout the country and insists on player emoluments only after reaching required fitness levels. What's hmm. emoluments mean? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, they also put out a, a Twitter advert for a new coach. Yeah, I did see that. Have you applied, David? Uh, I was going to. I was yeah. just getting my uh, CV in order. Mm, curriculum vitae, yes. I just need to know where the PCB are based. Um, yeah. About a bad yeah. yeah, I prefer to go to Peshawar if I'm being oh, honest. Yeah, yeah. true. Uh, uh, is it near like a bus stop or a train station for you, mate? I'm sure that will drive for me, mate. As long as they don't impose the uh, fitness conditions on the... Uh... <laughs> 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 yeah, right. Well, you're going into my next piss-off segment. <laughs> Bring it back, Ross. Bring it back. Good to hear. All <laughs> uh, right. We uh, look now at uh, the IPL. It's kicked off overnight. Yep. Yep. Two new franchises, the Gujarat Lions... And the yeah. rising Pune Super Giants. Yes. Mm. My new team, Cobra Super Giants. Yes. The These, um, the Pune have been in before, but they're back with a new name, Super Giants. And, um, uh, well, before they're... that, they were the Pune Warriors, weren't they? Yes, yeah. the Pune, I believe it's pronounced. Pune Is Warriors. Mm. Pune Warriors. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's what they call me. <laughs> so their uniform's a winner too. It's purple, pink and orange. Oh, yeah, boy, oh, too. oh, is that who Mitch Marsh plays? Mitch Marsh is playing for them, yes. Yeah, I saw that horrendous uniform yep. yesterday. A photo was on Facebook this morning. That thing is terrible. It really brings out his massive neck. Oh, his yes, massive he looks like a bison ears. wearing a T-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of the poor um, poor strips, sorry, Ross, was that mm. the Good Morgan that you showed us the other Oh, day? the bumblebees, the, yeah. The flying oh, bees? Yeah. <laughs> that was a shocker. <laughs> oh. We'll put that up on the Facebook page. Yeah. Horizontal... Uh, Stripes, yeah. not really good. For <laughs> there's actually there's... they're commonly called. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when the, um... Horizontal stripes. <laughs> they they're called hoops. <laughs> horizontal stripes. They're not horizontal stripes. Some people say tomato. Some people say tomato. <laughs> that's what makes me laugh because that Glenn Morgan actually looks like like in the NFL, it's been American gridiron, which meant to be one of the toughest sports in the world. There's the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are meant to be one of the big, hardcore, like, you know, uh, blue-collar towns, you know, really mean football sides. Their old original jumper when they first entered the league was the Bumblebee Hoops as well. (laughs) So you've got these big, giant, huge, mean-looking dudes running around (laughs) looking like giant bees. Yes. Um, Interesting, there's been two team changes in IPL 9, which is the current one. The Rajasthan Royals... And the Chennai Super Kings were banned for two years for spot fixing and betting during the 2013 IPL season. Uh-huh. Yeah, yes. So they're out for the next the 2016 and 17 IPL seasons, replaced by Gujarat Lions and the rising Pune Super Giants. I always thought the Chennai Super Kings, which was MS Dhoni's team and Mike Hussey's team for a long time, um, had a name that sounded a lot like Samurai Pizza Cats. Yes. <laughs> so I'm disappointed that they're not there. The Chennai Super Kings would have won. Oh, out of the eight that have been, I reckon three or four of them. Yeah. 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 So there's eight teams still. They play 14 matches. They play each team home and away. So 56 group stage games. And then they do the McIntyre top four, four match playoff series yep. to determine the winner. So we'll just have a look at uh, where some of the Australians are playing. Kings 11 Punjab have uh, Circus Maximus, Glenn Maxwell. <laughs> Sean Marsh, Mitchell Johnson, and the Gold Stoin Donation. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you say it, Dean. Yep. Yes. Yep. The Delhi yeah, Daredevils have gone um, Fringe Aussie. They've gone Travis Head and Nathan Coulter Nile. Fringe Aussie. Head. Yep. And Joel Parrish is Paris. Sorry, is out injured. He's not going to be playing. Mumbai Indians, coached by Ricky Ponting, and they're the only IPL team to have no Australians. Uh, that's what Ricky Potting thinks about the state of Australian <laughs> cricket. Indeed. Uh, the next team we have is the Royal Challengers Bangalore. Mitch Stark is listed, but I don't think he's going to play. I think he's still injured. Shane Watto Watson's there, and Kane Richo Richardson as well. Mm, which organic. is interested. And I was having a look through some of the other names in that list and noticed that the second last player listed was. The player called Sashin Baby. Sashin Baby. Sashin's Baby. Yeah, it just says Sashin Baby. I wondered if that was Mark Nicholas talking. Sashin <laughs> Baby. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure if that's a typo from wherever I got this list, but anyway, there you go. It's not, so it's not like a Sachin Tendulkar, father, son, future draft pick or something like that? No idea. Uh. Uh, Calcutta Knight Riders, Brad Hogg, Chris Lynn, and John Hastings. I'm not sure if Hastings has had shoulder surgery or not, so he might not be there. Duke. Um, 
The Hyderabad Sunrisers, like a sunrise, coached by Tom <coughs> Moody. They've got Dave Warner's there. Moises Henriquez is there, but he hasn't played <laughs> since um, January, so I'm not sure if he'll turn up. And also Ben Cutting. Yeah, big, big Cutting. Yeah. So um, it'll be interesting to see if Warner opens or bats in the middle order. Hmm. Yeah. The Rising Pune Super Giants, they of the ridiculous right. name. They've got yep. Steve Smith, uh, big lug Scott Boland's there. <laughs> Peter Hanscom. And Adam Zampa. We'll see how they go. Yes, mm-hmm. the Gurujat Lions. They've got James Faulkner and Andrew Suit and Tie. Yeah. <laughs> and they've also got Brendan McCullum. And it came, oh, yeah. it came across my desk that Brendan McCullum had pitched an idea to the owner of Gurujat, who's the 24 year old bloke I was reading something about. And he yeah, said, rather Jesus. than going with the Lions nickname, could we be called the Gurujat Good-Hearted Care Bears? <laughs> what was his answer, Um They went with Lions. I don't know the oh, answer, okay. but they went with Lions. Aaron Finch is also in that uh, that Finchy. squad. So Finchy, yep. And uh, as is Dwayne Pipesmith. Hmm. Yeah. And the coach of Gujarat, Brad Hodge. Hmm. Hey, Hodge. Hmm. So there's Very some. Articulate Brad. Oh yes, and there's some good quotes about. from him about um, <laughs> uh, about his coaching style. So I'll just briefly read those for you. But Hodge knows the advantages of analytics and the increasing role data plays in cricket, especially in the shortest form of the game. Quote: There are certain people who are more number orientated. I'm probably more of an instinct, instinctive person. The knowledge is up there. Brain. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> The knowledge is up there, Paul is brain. Well, it's, brain is in brackets, so I pause to represent the brackets. See, I can I could just picture him tapping maybe, his skull. Maybe, like, so, maybe point yeah, it at his head. Yeah. Yeah. The knowledge is up there, tap skull with finger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hodge said, quote, but you certainly need to marry the two. In the last few weeks, I've had a lot of numbers coming in, filtering through it, working through it. Some of it's great and some of it doesn't matter, but you've got to have it. I'd suggest you don't need to have the stuff that doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. It's not the that doesn't matter. Get rid of it. Yeah. So another quote from Hodgie. Quote, in a team of 20-odd people, there's certain people that love that data and there's certain people that don't. I was always one that sat in the back of a team meeting and slept for about half an hour while all that stuff went on. <laughs> now, as a coach, I need to digest it all and present it. Uh, so good luck, good luck, Gurujat. That's your yeah. coach speaking. Yeah. All right. So that's the uh, IPL. It started overnight. The um, the rising Pune Super Giants beat whoever they played. So that was great. I'm sure oh, there'll be many, many um, more great games over the coming forty odd days. Hey Roscoe. Mm. Just before we uh, move on, I read a tweet um, about the IPL. It's from. Um, Harsha Bogle, the mm, uh, commentator, yeah. saying that he's not involved with it in a commentary capacity. Because it sounds like he's got the same thing as Son of Gavaskar, where the BCI has um, chopped him as their official uh, speaking puppet. So he's not um, going to be yeah. involved in this as well. Which is a, it raises the interesting situation where it's actually the board of cricket appointing yeah. commentators who act share their view yeah. of the game to push their agenda, which is interesting. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's an interesting one. I was reading something here. Gaviscar and Bogle aren't going to commentate. Apparently, the uh, money wasn't big enough. Yeah. Apparently, Gaviscar get 10000 a day or something. Yeah. How much money do you need? Yeah, and, but, and Bogle is on the much leaner 4000 a day. Yeah. Yep. So, oh. He's on fumes, basically. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even pay his rent. I don't even do this show for less than four grand. <laughs> <laughs> the um, one sort of uh, slightly disappointing thing with the IPL in Australia is it's not on TV. Yeah. Um, every there's a game on every day, um, almost if not every day, then very close to it, and they start at twelve thirty at night. So that one's not very watchable. But um, <laughs> on the weekends they often have double headers. And the first game is a, like a, an afternoon game in India, which is 8.30pm here. Oh, yeah. So that's um, much better. I think that would be Saturday and Sunday nights. But yeah. uh, unfortunately, it's not on uh, TV. It used to be on 1HD back in the day. Yeah, I remember that. Was a yeah. And um, I don't think you can watch it on YouTube for free either now. I think you can stream it, but you have to go through a, um, a paywall to stream it, I think. Oh, yeah. Not 100% sure. No. No, thanks. Mm. No. Uh, listener feedback. We're almost coming to a close. Listener feedback. We got a tip in from Tip Medsley that we should stitch files together yeah, when we have yeah. recording issues. So no doubt he'll also have some tips for us where we uh, lost the ability to hear one another there in the middle of the show. <laughs> so wait for that. Mm. I, had a, I had a beer with Tip Medsley on Friday night, actually, and he had that look at his eye that was going to be one of those really sort of long... Um, park yourself in Grove Roots into the floor type sessions. Yeah. So I left him. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not doing that. See you later. <laughs> smart man. Yeah, smart man. Save you a headache. Mm. Mm. So this has been the Midhoff uh, podcast. We'll be back again in a fortnight on April the 24th. We'll look at county cricket, amongst other things, which kicks off today. I'll just briefly mention that um, Chris Rogers is playing county cricket and he's captaining. Yeah. Uh, Somerset this year, so about his eighth county. Mm. Yeah. And um, also uh, Mark Cosgrove is captain of Leicester. Leicestershire. Mm. So that's what's happening there. It all kicks off today, but we'll look at that in more detail. Uh, this has been another Big Lug production brought to you by our ever-growing list of sponsors, the Gold Medal Soft Drink Company, Dick Smith, Masters, Pizza Haven, Barnacle Bills, Ollie's Trolley, Bilo, Franklin Supermarkets, Tucker Bag, Pocket Mail, Hey, Pocket Mail Me, Copper Art, <laughs> Laserdisc, Flash Drives, and of course, all our podcasts are recorded onto Betamax. We're on all major social media and podcast platforms. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, Twitter, at Midoff Cricket, and our new website, midoffcricketpodcast.wix.com. Check out mixed blogs on there. Very good reading. Until next time, it's bye for now. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.